This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen has filed an appeal in federal court after a judge suspended the law targeting TikTok in Montana in November. Federal Judge Donald Malloy found the law banning TikTok in the Treasure State violates the U.S. Constitution, including the First Amendment speech rights of both the applicant's user and the company. Malloy also agreed with plaintiffs the law violated federal interstate commerce rights as well as the supremacy clause of the Constitution. The state argued it had jurisdiction to police the app and it was only indirectly impacting interstate commerce. The U.S. Constitution gives the federal government all powers to regulate interstate commerce. Malloy also found that the state's argument was weak in that it did not extend the ban to other social media platforms. Plaintiffs included the app TikTok as well as a group of content creators in Montana. Knudsen has appealed to the 9th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Ski areas across the state have struggled to open after a dry and warm December. Nick Polumbus, the president of Whitefish Mountain Resort, says a slow start to the ski season is perfectly normal, but he's never seen it drag on into January as it has this year. Usually by the new year, just about all the 3,000 acres on Big Mountain are open, but this winter many trails mostly on the front side, have remained closed because there just isn't enough snow. Columbus says business is down about 30% compared to a normal year. Sish Pitzer, president of Discovery Ski Area near Phillipsburg, says Discovery is usually open seven days a week this time of year. Now it's only open Saturdays and Sundays. As of this week, only 15% of the ski area's regular terrain is open, the resort has also had to reduce hours for seasonal employees. During a good snow year, there might be well over 100 people working on the mountain, but presently there are only about 20. Pitcher said he's seen bad snow years before, but what was unique about this one was that resorts all over the West are struggling at the same time. He realizes that other places have it worse than Discovery. In fact, some Montana resorts, including Blacktail Mountain in Lakeside, Maverick Mountain near Polaris, and Turner Mountain near Libby, haven't opened at all. Some resorts, including Discovery, Showdown, and Bridger Bowl near Bozeman, are open but have been offering free day passes to season ticket holders. One ski area in the state that is doing better than most is the Big Sky Resort. Spokesperson Stacy Masuda resort got a storm just before Christmas that put 7 to 10 inches of snow on the mountain. Reservations in Whitefish are down in late 2023, and that has continued into the new year. In recent weeks, tourism bureaus like Explore Whitefish have been trying to promote things beyond recreational activities that required snow, including the community's culinary and arts scene. But officials say there's no denying 
that no snow is not helping. Meteorologist Brian Conlon with the National Weather Service in Missoula says that the snow water equivalent is 30 to 40 percent below normal in the west and central part of the state and 60 percent below normal in northwest Montana, thanks in large part to El Nino weather patterns. National Weather Service is predicting an Arctic intrusion for much of western Montana over the weekend and into early next week. Quote, it won't be an exceptional storm, said Conlon, but it'll be a big change compared to what we've seen so far this winter. It isn't just in Montana where property taxes have increased dramatically. Quote, the biggest problem was that they went up so quickly. I think that's one of the reasons why it became this rallying cry from the people asking for tax relief. That's according to Idaho State Representative Jason Monks, a Republican. The typical home value in Idaho increased from just under $276,000 in November of 2019 to over $434,000 this November a 57% increase in four years, according to the real estate firm Zillow. Jared Walsick, vice president of state projects for the Tax Foundation, says he expects many other states, both red and blue, to tackle the issue this year. Quote, in virtually every state where the legislature meets this year, Property tax relief bills will be filed, Walser said. He continued, this is a front-of-mind issue for many legislators across the country. But property taxes are intrinsically complex. In Idaho, legislators had to override a veto by Republican Governor Brad Little, who was worried about jeopardizing funding for transportation projects and the cutting of a local election date. After the veto override, the governor said he was satisfied with legislative cleanups and overall was supportive of property tax changes. In Wyoming, organizers aim to put a property tax relief measure on a statewide ballot after legislation fizzled. In Colorado, lawmakers will once again attempt to deliver lasting property tax relief after the failure of a ballot measure pushed by Democratic Governor Jared Polis that would have prompted a short-term legislative cut. Nebraska Republican Jim Pillen has proposed to reduce local property taxes by increasing the state sales tax by two cents, from 5.5 to 7.5 cents. Generally, American home values have increased incrementally each year. The Case-Shiller U.S. National Home Price Index shows a steady increase from the 1980s to the beginning of 2020, but those values shot up nearly 40% in the last three years, far outpacing inflation rates for food, energy, and other consumer purchases. Quote, so they, homeowners, could be facing 40% higher property taxes. Even after you account for inflation, this is a significant increase, Walzek of the Tax Foundation says, and they recognize they're not getting 40% more or better government, so there's a public outcry. 
Property taxes are also generally more regressive than other taxes, meaning they take a larger percentage of income from lower-income residents. In Colorado, as most Yellowstone geology aficionados are aware, earthquakes are pretty common in the region, 1,500 to 2,500 each year, according to the University of Utah seismograph stations. 99% of them are M2 or below. In 2023, seismicity was on the low end of that range, with only 1,600 located earthquakes. As is also typical, about half the earthquakes occurred as part of swarms, sequences of earthquakes that occur in roughly the same place in rapid succession. Two of the most significant swarms occurred in March, 147 earthquakes a few miles east-southeast of West Yellowstone, and the other included 106 events beneath the northern part of Yellowstone Lake. Ground deformation continued trends that have been ongoing since 2015, mainly the sinking of the caldera by about an inch a year. That subsidence is interrupted in the summer as snowmelt and runoff recharges groundwater, causing the surface to swell not unlike a wet sponge, but downward motion resumes by late summer or early fall. Geyser activity was also relatively calm this past year. Major water eruptions of steamboat geyser continued to decrease in number, as they have since the record-setting show in 2020. A group of Montana state legislators has lent its support to a ballot measure that would change general elections for several offices in Montana to require a majority vote. The state's elections are now done by plurality vote, meaning whoever gets the most votes win, even if that vote total is less than the majority. But if a proposed initiative gathers enough signatures to make the ballot, later elections would be held by a majority. Majority voting is where a person gets more than half the number of votes cast to be victorious. That measure is known as Ballot Issue 13. It's been submitted for the 2024 general election and is being reviewed by the state attorney general. Representative Frank Gardner, a sponsor of the proposal, and other supporters say they feel majority elections would diminish the influence of outside special interests in Montana. The measure, if approved by voters, would be effective in 2025. It would leave some things for the legislature to determine, such as what happens in case of a tie or there is no winner. If the legislature in 2025 does not clarify those provisions, it could lead to extensive litigation, according to a legislative staffer. A shortage of water has forced schools, tribal programs, and other businesses to close in Browning. Quib Galbraith, the tribe's water director and incident command lead, says the city of Browning, home to about 1,000 people and tribal headquarters, has been without drinkable water for five days. Quote, there have been incidents like this in the past, but never of this magnitude. The problem began when a part called a variable frequency drive broke 
at the Stu Miller Water Treatment Plant. VFDs act as a motor that contains the flow rate and pressure of water. Since the VFD broke, the plant has been producing 650 gallons of water per minute. That's about two-thirds of what's needed to supply Browning. Both Browning's million-gallon and 500,000-gallon tanks have been drained. A new VFD part was shipped to the tribe from South Carolina, but when it arrived Wednesday, the box and the part had been damaged. A new VFD part has been ordered and is expected to arrive Friday morning, but Galbraith says it could take between 18 and 24 hours for the system to regulate after the new part is installed. In a case similar to one in Montana, a judge in Oregon has rejected a U.S. Department of Justice request to dismiss a 2015 lawsuit brought by young people that claims the federal government knew of the dangers posed by carbon pollution, but it continued through policies and subsidies to support the fossil fuel industry. U.S. District Judge Ann Aiken says the parties, quote, do not disagree that climate change threatens our ability to survive on planet Earth. This catastrophe is a great emergency of our time and compels urgent action. She continued, while facts remain to be proven, lawsuits like this highlight young people's despair with the drawn-out pace of unhurried, inch-meal, bureaucratic responses to our most dire emergency, she wrote in her decision. In a similar lawsuit in Montana, a judge last year ruled that the Montana Environmental Policy Act violated the state's constitutional right to a clean and healthful environment. The state's attorney general has appealed that decision. If you need to hear this report again, please check our Treasure State Radio or KGRTDB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in now 53 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations in 33 countries on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.